Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode one of the Breakout Fantasy Hockey and Gambling Podcast. Here at the Breakout Podcast, we'll be releasing two episodes a week. On Fridays, we take a look at the DFS side of things, our favorite Saturday night main slate plays, and even some puck line picks. Sunday's focus is going to be on season-long streamers and any hockey-related news that you're going to need to know to help you secure the bag and bragging rights. Now, as always, before we start, this is just a reminder that we are not professional gamblers. We're just here to talk stats, trends, and the occasional gut feeling that we think could help win us a few extra dollars. So please, please, please always gamble responsibly. With that all being said, let's get into the show. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. You are now tuning in to the Breakout Fantasy Hockey and Gambling Podcast. Today is Friday, January 8th, and as always, I'm Stefan Leo, joined by David Crosby, Jake Carter, and Steele Roden. On the inaugural episode of the Breakout Podcast, the guys and I will be giving you our takes on who we think is going to be your 2021 division winners, our picks for opening night, but before we get into all of that, we're going to start with some players that we think could be getting a little bit too much hype, or maybe not enough. David, we're going to start with you on this. When taking a look at the Yahoo ADP season-long rankings, which player that's at the top of the list are you staying away from? I'm going to have to go with Mika Zibanejad, Stefan. His average draft position is 19th right now. Last season, he had a 19.7 shooting percentage. That's the same as Leon Dreisaitl, 6.5% higher than his next best mark over a full season. Now, he has had three of his four best shooting percentage marks in New York, so there's definitely something there. I think he can certainly keep his point total higher than it was back in Ottawa. So I'm not saying his point spike was a fluke by any means, but if he shot his same, his second best shooting percentage last year, he'd have had 15 less goals than the 41 he scored. So durability is also a big factor. Eight seasons in the league, he's played 80 games or more three times. One of those was with New York, 57 games last year. If you're picking a guy 19th, that's the middle of the second round in most drafts, you need him to be there almost every single game. So I have some big concerns with Mika Zibanejad. I think he'll probably have a great season but I don't think he's worth a top 20 pick. Yeah, well, for me, I was looking more towards the fourth, fifth round pick in fantasy drafts, and I actually picked up Philip Forsberg for a person to stay away from, even though he was uh, ranked number 63rd in the, on the list. Uh, to me, the, the National Predators are a regressing team. Philip Forsberg is a regressing player right now. His point stats are dropping every single year over the last three years. Uh, he is obviously a versatile weapon on the power play. He has a wicked wrist shot and snapshot. But to me, just looking at how he's played over the last two years with his point stats, it hasn't been looking good. He does put up a lot of shots, but besides shots, uh, he doesn't really put up a much, he doesn't really get you a lot of points for fantasy. And that's why I'm trying to stay away from Philip Forsberg. That's an interesting one, Steele. Philip, Fers- Philip Forsberg. I did not see that one coming. But for me, I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo of uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, uh, Yahoo, the average draft position, uh, they've got him at 12. 
Um, and, you know, he's being taken ahead of guys like, you know, Sidney Crosby, Miko Rantanen, Hedman on defense, Malkin as well. Um, I just think that's a little bit too high for a guy like Aho. Now, David, I mean, you mentioned durability, a big thing. He has only missed four games in his career. So I think that maybe goes into it, especially, you know, because it's a shortened season. But, um, you know, obviously still a great option. I just don't think he's worth that uh, 12th overall pick. Jake, you know, you're breaking my heart because I love Sebastian Ajo and Steele. You think the National Predators are regressing? This is a little bit teaser for later in the show, but <laughs> I might just have to be here to prove you wrong a little bit after. Guys, one player that I'm staying away from, Jake Gensel. Not even necessarily just about Jake Gensel because he's being drafted around the 25th overall spot right now with for some perspective, is around what Jonathan Huberto is getting projected around. They're projecting him to have 55 points in 56 games. To me, that's just too much for not even, like I said, about Jake Gensel, but I don't know what the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be this year. They're kind of an older team. They made a lot of trades last year with the direction kind of being up in the air, and then you saw them fizzle out against the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. So I really don't know what they're going to be bringing to the table. And a guy like Gensel, yes, he's going to be playing with Crosby, but we've seen that winger position be a carousel. If someone's not producing, they have no problem moving someone into that top wing spot. They have guys like Jake and Jason Zucker, Brian Russ, right behind them, chomping at the bits. I don't know if Jake Ensel's going to hold that position all year long. And to draft him 25th, I think that's a little bit crazy. Even crazier than the fact that they have Taylor Hall ranked 54th. Okay, this is a former MVP. We're going to turn into who I think is the most underrated player in these Yahoo rankings. That's where I'm circling. I think that Taylor Hall is playing with the best player he's ever played with in Jack Eichel. And on the other side of that, I think Jack Eichel is going to be playing with the best player he's ever played with in Taylor Hall. And what these guys can do together, I think is going to be yet to be seen. But I think having him rank 54th, I had to go to the second page to get to a former heart winner. That's not many years removed from being the MVP. I just think having Taylor Hall at 54 was ridiculous in terms of these rankings. And I would have him much higher up in my own rankings. Yes, Steph. I mean, a player for me, you made a good point there. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go with Kyle Connor uh, being a, an underrated player here on the Yahoo uh, rankings. They've got him at about 67 or 68. Um, you know, he, he finished sixth in goals last year with 38 of them. He had 73 points. You know, obviously he's not as physical as some of the other players, so that might have something to do with it. You know, racking up those hits and um, those other parts of the game, not just offensively, but I still think that his numbers are strong enough to, uh, you know, justify him being in maybe even in the top 50, but definitely picked higher than what he's at, 67 or 68, um, especially, you know, in this shortened season. It's so unpredictable, right, with, you know, with, with these teams all playing the same teams six, seven, eight times a year. Um, a lot of unpredictability, but I definitely am higher on Kyle Connor than uh, most people are in uh, this Yahoo list. Yeah, both of those guys are, were ranked a little low in my opinion, but there's two guys who I have in mind here who I was I were ba- I was baffled at how low they were. Travis Konechny and Shea Theodore, two guys to look forward to this year. Travis Konechny ranked number 85 on the Yahoo list. He put up 61 points last year, 141 shots. He is on. He's gonna get top power play minutes with Claude Giroux and Philadelphia Flyers, who are to, a team to look forward to this year. But also Shea Theodore, ranked number 110 on that Yahoo list, 46 points. He is going to be a top five defenseman in the next three years. Next three years, I am guaranteeing that he puts up over 200 shots. And especially for Shea Theodore, ranked so low and being on the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights in that West division right now, 
looking with San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim, and Arizona, teams that Las Vegas can pick on throughout the entire season, you got to look, you got to, you got to pick those guys early on. Well, I'm going to get to mine in a minute, but I got to circle back to Stefan's overrated player. Jake Gensel, he's one of my breakout players. And little spoiler alert, we, d- we did some uh, positional rankings. He's actually my fifth highest left winger on the season. I think he's going to have an absolutely monster year. Pittsburgh was not even close to the same team after he went down last year. Obviously, it hurt them a little bit. He, he you know, might take a little bit more time to get into it, but I think his fresh legs are going to be huge in this short season because he had that rest being on that injury and being sidelined last year. And what I love about Gensel is he's always going to be playing with Crosby or Malkin. It doesn't matter which forward five-on-five line or which power play he's on. He's always going to have one of those two superstars beside him. So that's the beauty of fantasy hockey, man. We got, you know, a bunch of like-minded guys here. And here I am thinking Gensel's going to have a breakout season. And (laughs) Steph would probably uh, pass him up there in the third round. But Let's uh, go to my deep cut here for uh, for an underrated player, and it's Anthony Sorelli of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, his ADP is 171st. Last year, his value was 100th in Yahoo leagues. That's in the 14th round in 12-team leagues, okay? This is a second-line center on the best team in the league. They just lost one of their best forwards, maybe their best forward, in Nikita Kucherov for the entire regular season. Sorelli is going to play center on the second power play. He centers their second line. He might be the team and arguably one of the league's best penalty killers. So if your league has shorthanded points, there's a nice bonus for you. Last year, he had 16 goals, 44 points, right in line with guys like Brady Kachuk, Tom Wilson, and Max Domi. And those guys are getting drafted way higher than Anthony Sorelli is. On on another category, which your league may or may not have, I personally am not a fan of this category, but for some reason you find it in almost every single season-long fantasy league, that's plus-minus. He was a ridiculous plus-53 in the past two seasons, and the 50 to 100 blocks and hits that he puts up every year might just be a bonus if your league counts those as, as well. So if you look at a guy like Sorelli, his role is only going to get bigger. I mentioned Nikita Kucherov being out, but his ice time has jumped up three and a half minutes each of the last two seasons. He is a huge part of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He finished fourth in Selkie voting, all around stud. I would take him at least two rounds earlier than he's going right now. David, I don't know if uh, Anthony Sorelli is going to listen to this, but he might want you to be his next agent because that was quite <laughs> the sales pitch, and I- I'm sold on it, but... We might have to make a prop bet on Jake Gensel's points if you're so confident about him this year. But like David mentioned, we are going to now switch over and look at the top fantasy performers that we think are going to be there at each and every position. Now, we have done a full top five list that will be available to view in its entirety across both of our social media platforms. So please make sure you're following at Breakout Hockey underscore pod. That's at Breakout HKY underscore pod on both Twitter and Instagram to get our full list. But Steel, to tease those lists and just give us our number one rankings, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off here, and I think everyone can agree here with who they're going to pick with the first centerman uh, in their list, and that's Connor McDavid, obviously one of one of the best players in the NHL. I still believe that Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon are in that tier with him, but one of the best centers in the NHL, the leader and captain of the Edmonton Oilers, 
you're you're most likely going to be taking him just because of the fantasy points. He puts up points game in and game out. You can't miss with him. And over to the left winger, I've got Artemi Panarin. This guy is a stud for the New York Rangers. That is another team to look forward to this year. He puts up ridiculous points. He's a power play unit, power play juggernaut for the, for the New York Rangers. Over to the right wingers. I'm not sure if you guys will have, have him, but he's all, he's obviously a top player. That's Mitch, Mitch Marner. I think this year going into the season, especially having the, the North division and all Canadian team division, uh, Mitch Marner has that over the last two years, his coaches, his teammates, his, his staff that he, that he works with have imprinted in his mind that he needs to shoot the puck more. And the fact that he's going to be on that first power play unit, getting those heavy minutes, I think as well as how great he is with his vision on the ice, passing the puck, that's what he's known for. But in his mind this year, he's, it's imprinted on him to be shooting the puck more and getting pucks on nets. I think shots on goal and goals this year are going to be a lot higher than they predicted. Over to my defenseman. I'm not sure if you guys have this, this defensive player either, and that's Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton is one of the best defensemen in the league right now. Puts over 200 shots in, in the season. Obviously, with 58 games played this in this regular season, it's hard to tell how much he'll put up, but he is a cornerstone for their for the Carolina Hurricanes power play as well with Andre Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, who apparently Jake doesn't like too early to pick him, but I guess well, I guess we'll see. But Dougie Hamilton as well, and then for goalies, Andre Vasilevsky, best goalie in the best goalie in the NHL right now, behind, uh, above Connor Hellebuck. Those are the top two goalies, but Andre Vasilevsky, first pick for goalie. Well, Steele, I'll tell you what. I, I don't think I ever said that I didn't like Sebastian Ajo. I'll, I'll tell you that. I just think that, I don't know, I think he's a, a little bit of a, you know, um, too high of a pick at 12 uh, based on who you could take. He's still a great player, obviously still great for fantasy, of course, um, and watch out for Carolina. I mean, I think they could be a team, a, a dangerous team, and, uh, you know, maybe surprise some people even more than they did last year. Uh, especially with this shortened season. But I'll start mine off. Steel, I mean, our, our lists are kind of similar, but a, a couple of changes here. Um, obviously, no surprise, Connor McDavid um, for that centerman, uh, that, that first centerman for me, obviously, you know, one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. Um, so dominant, um, you know, puts up so many offensive numbers. Uh, you know, just a great player overall. For my right winger, I went with Miko Rantanen on Colorado. Um, I think that, you know, uh, in, in Colorado, he's, he's a little quieter than some of the other guys. You know, obviously Nathan McKinnon's there. Um, Landis Cog's a fairly reliable guy, too. Uh, but Ranton, I think he's poised to have a, a big year. Colorado's made some great additions, too. Um, so I've got Ranton uh, for my right winger. Left wing, Steele, I totally agree with you. Artemi Panarin, a, a great year last year. And I think he's only, you know, going to make, well, it might be tough for him to improve on it this year, but I think he's really going to be another, have another solid year. Uh, you know, maybe not quite the production, but I think, you know, New York, they've got Lafreniere coming in. Uh, a lot of excitement around that Rangers team. So Panarin for my left winger on defense. I went with John Carlson, obviously last year, offensive juggernaut uh, on the back end for Washington, 75 points in 69 games last year. Um, you know, obviously, um, a great player didn't win the Norris last year, you know, lost out to Roman Yossi, but, um, that doesn't, uh, you know, dispute his offensive numbers, of course, uh, just amazing offensively. So expect, uh, John Carlson to have another great year and, uh, in net Andre Vasilevsky, I have to agree with you there again, Steele, 
Um, I think you said it, you know, Tampa's Crosby, you said it, Tampa's the best team in the league, or if not one of them for sure. Uh, Vasilevsky, you know, they might not get, depending on who they play in that division too, he might not get as many saves depending on, you know, how, how many shots the other team gets, obviously, but expect him to rack up the wins, the shutouts. Uh, Vasilevsky's my number one goalie. A lot of interesting picks so far. We actually have more differences than I've expected, and there will be more when we get to Stefan. But, you know, the centerman, it's funny, Steele, you started off saying this is the only guy you could pick, and no surprise, we all have Connor McDavid. But I was kind of considering Leon Dreisaitl. He did have a better season point production-wise than Connor McDavid did last year. Obviously, McDavid hasn't been the most available player either. He's battled a lot more injuries that Dreisaitl has as well. So I think if you had Leon Dreisaitl number one, I don't think necessarily that's a bad pick, but just overall skill, I think, you know, you won't find many leagues that Connor McDavid is not drafted first overall. So I had to put him there. Over to the right wing, a little surprised nobody had this guy, and maybe it's because his team is probably going to be one of the three worst in the league this year. It's Patrick Kane. And, you know, Normally, you might think, wow, this this lineup is disgusting. He might be playing with a uh, AHL caliber centerman. No disrespect meant there, but with Jonathan Taves out, Chicago does not exactly have great depth down the center. Kirby Dock out as well, but Patrick Kane has never really relied on playing with an elite center. He hasn't played with Jonathan Taves in quite some time, frankly, five on five. So I think Patrick Kane is going to be Chicago's offense the entire year. They're going to give him as much ice time as he can possibly handle. He can probably take 10 shots a game and they'd be totally fine with it. So I think Patrick Kane is going to have a monster year. This guy, we've all had him as well. Left wing, Artemi Panarin. It's funny, he was you know, kind of a sleeper almost going into last season. I don't think he was picked in the first round of many leagues, maybe not even the second in some. And it's funny to see how high this guy has risen now, especially for a player who plays on the second line in name only, I guess, in New York. On to defense. I got to go with you here, Jake. I'm going with John Carlson. I think it's a bit of a revenge season for him. Roman Yossi had a great year, but... Halfway through the season, I bet if you polled every single NHL fan which defenseman was going to win the Norris Trophy, 99 out of 100 would have picked John Carlson. And, you know, maybe Yossi had a little bit better of a finish to the season, which is why he got it. But I think it was a bit of a snub on Carlson there. So I think he's going to have a monster year as well. And speaking of monsters in goalie, I had to go with Andre Vasilevsky as well. I mean... Tampa Bay Lightning, they proved just how good they were last year. You mentioned their division. I'm going to say this as nice as I can. It's absolutely terrible. They are going to r- rack up the wins. No question about it. Vasilevsky is going to be an awesome fantasy goalie this year. Well, that's definitely something to be thinking about. I'm going to have to go off page with that one a little bit, and we'll get to that one near the end. But obviously, Connor McDavid, yes, I'm going to take him as my centerman. David, where you were going to go Dreisaitl, I was leaning McKinnon because Nathan McKinnon is spectacular to watch. He's so fast, so talented, so skilled. And that team in Colorado is very, very good as well. So Nathan McKinnon, to me, he does just about everything. But just when you watch Connor McDavid play, it's like every single time he touches the ice, I'm like, oh, God, he's going to score. Oh, God, he might score. And it's when you have that feeling about someone or even if you're going up against them in fantasy, you're like, 
oh, can you put up six tonight? Can you put up seven points? What are we going to do? And you never really want to roll the dice. So if you have the potential to have that kind of a threat on your roster, it's always better than having him on someone else's. At right wing, I went with Mitch Marner as well. Like Steele said, I think this Leafs team could really be something special. And Marner has seemed to progress every single year. So if he can take another step forward, I don't see many playmakers that could touch him in the NHL. Now, I am going to be the odd one out with the left wing position because I have to stick with Alex Ovechkin. The thing that I like about Alex Ovechkin is his will to compete. This guy does everything. The amount that he flies around the ice, he hits, he shoots a billion times a game, and he's going to put up points. The power play still runs through him. He's still competitive. He's still hungry. And I personally still think Washington is a team that can really compete. And if they're going to compete the way that I think they will, Alex Ovechkin is is going to have to play as good as he's ever played. And with that, I don't think anyone touches him in production across all categories. Then with defense, I went a little bit off the board as well with Victor Hedman. With no Nikita Kucherov, Hedman was already a person that's a mainstay on that power play, and it usually does run through him at the top. I think he shoots the puck a little bit more. I think he gets a little bit more selfish, and I think that goes nowhere but up for his point production. And I've always said this on this podcast that Victor Hedman's the best defenseman in the league, hands down. And with one weapon down in Tampa Bay, I don't think he's someone that shies away from the challenge. I think he's someone that really rises up and kind of elevates his game to the next level. And then in goalie, guys, the future. I got the future. Carter Hart. I had to take him just because, you know, if Carey Price and if all these people that are watching him in the bubble can say that this guy is the real deal in net, I truly do think that the Philadelphia Flyers are built for success this season. The piece that they've been missing for so long is a spectacular goaltender. And my goodness, watching Carter Hart play, the way that he dominates that crease at such a young age, if he can get much like what I said with Mitch Marner, if he can take another step forward, I think with, And again, I like Philadelphia, but they do have their gaps on defense and they don't always kind of get back with save percentage, with goals against. I really think that Carter Hart can bring a lot to the table in a fantasy perspective. And I'm excited to see where you guys have them ranked in our top fives. Once again, guys, we will be releasing a full top five list of every single position across our social media platforms. So go make sure to follow at breakout hockey underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at breakout HKY underscore pod at Twitter and Instagram. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast to get every piece of information as soon as we put it out. That'll be it for the Fantasy Talk, though. Now, guys, we're going to wrap up this episode by giving you our divisional winners and tell you who we're sprinkling some units on for opening night on January 13th. Jake, why don't you start by looking into that crystal ball and tell me what you see when it comes to this year's division winners? Well, Steph, you just finished talking about Carter Hart and those Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I'll have something to say about them in a little bit, but we're going to start things off with the North Division, of course, the All-Canadian Division. I should mention the Scotia NHL North Division. Uh, as uh, everybody is well aware, the NHL, um, like many other leagues, I think are probably going to do uh, having sponsors uh, for their divisions and you know on their helmets as well. We've already seen uh, in training camps. But uh, for the North Division, I've got to go with the Leafs, Steph, at plus 153. You know, I think they're the most solid team overall in the division. Um, And, you know, I think it also comes down to uh, there is one last team in there, obviously just the Canadian teams compared to the rest of the divisions. But they're going to be playing those teams night in and night out, six, seven, however many times a season. So I really do think that, uh, you know, over the, the whole season that, uh, Toronto's going to come out on top, and I think that, you know, I think it's closer than it was um, maybe a year or two seasons ago. I think, obviously, we saw it 
just in the playoffs last year alone with with Montreal surprising some people, Vancouver also having a good run at things. So I think that, you know, there's definitely some improvement in this division, but I have to go with the Leafs uh, at plus 153. Now, moving over to the West Division, this one's a little different. I mean, it, it's kind of stacked up top. I think Crosby's going to have something to say about this too. It's a little stacked up top. And then as you go down, it kind of it has a bit of a drop off. But I'm going to go uh, with the Colorado Avalanche here at uh, plus 154 odds. Um, you know, they added Brandon Saad and Devin Taves uh, this past off season. I do think that they could uh, contend for a cup this year. Uh, you know, they're they're very strong up front, obviously, with uh, McKinnon and Rantanen, you know, all their, their guns up front. Um, and they've got some intriguing pieces on the back end, too. I think one area could maybe be their goaltending, depending on how that pans out. But, uh, you know, I'm really... Um, Maybe not hopeful, but but uh, you know, expecting good things from Colorado this year uh, to kind of get over the hump, especially in the playoffs, and, and make a deep run of things. Moving over to the Central now, um, I think this one is, is almost a no-brainer for a lot of people. Going with the Tampa Bay Lightning at plus 150. They've kept most of their cup-winning roster intact. Obviously, Kucherov's out for the year, uh, so that could be a bit of a blow. Um, and some would argue they've got put in an easier division. They don't have to play against Toronto and Boston. They've got, you know, maybe for, for challengers, Nashville, Carolina, definitely maybe Columbus sneaks in there or even Dallas. But, um, I think the Tampa will, will kind of shine through and, and, uh, run away with the division. And then the East, uh, I've got to go with, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers step. You mentioned Carter Hart. I'm going to put my faith um, and, 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 you know, in these flyer, in this flyer team, a very similar team to last year, um, to, to their team last year, I should say Carter Hart, Steph, you said it, he's another year older, more experienced, great playoff experience in the bubble as well. I really like the way their team's trending and kind of moving in the right direction. I could see them beating out the likes of, you know, Pittsburgh, Washington, even Boston to take the East division. Yeah. I like all your picks there, Jake. And, I'll start off with the North Division as well, and I also, I too also have the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they're the team in that division that has added the most to to better themselves. You know, the additions of Joe Thornton, Jimmy VC, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian. Those guys are the type of guys that they needed. Players that are actually gonna play with a physicality that the Leafs haven't really shown in the last couple of years with all the skill that they have. So I think the Toronto Maple Leafs come up on top in the North Division. Again, in the West Division, I've got the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Las Vegas was also close with that, but I think just with the depth of their their defensemen, their young prospects, as well as with the leadership of Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, hopefully Miko Rantanen, and the injury bug with him doesn't come back this year, knock on wood, which I just did, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But hopefully, I think with the Colorado Avalanche, it solely relies on how Philip Grubauer plays. I think that is their only weakness. Even though he's still a terrific goalie, that is the only weak spot I see with the Colorado Avalanche. And then over to the Central over to the Central Division, I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I will say I will say that I did have the Carolina Hurricanes. I, I was close to putting the Carolina Hurricanes above the Lightning with the injury to Nikita Kucherov just because of the, the young talent they have on the Hurricanes right now, as well as their defensemen. I would say a top five defensive core in the league. Peter Morazic is not is not someone to sleep on as well. He played well when he was with the Detroit Red Wings. He plays well when he's with the Carolina Hurricanes. He gets it. He leaves it all out on the ice. 
and he does he, he just gives you 110% every single time he's out there. And then for the East Division, this might be a surprise to a couple of you guys. Actually, probably all of you guys, but I've got the New York Rangers winning the East Division here. I think with the addition of Alexi Lafreniere, as well as Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, as well as their defensive core now, Tony D'Angelo, Adam Fox. But I think a lot of this relies on Igor Shosturkin. I have a lot of a lot of hope for he uh, a lot of hope for him this year uh, and being the starting goaltender for them, as well as Alexander Gorgiev being a solid backup to probably split split the season this year. But Igor Shosturkin, their depth on defense, as well as adding Alexi Lafreniere getting with the, with the first overall pick this year, they're a team I'm looking forward to watching the most, and that's the top team I've got in the East. Not too bad, but uh, you know me. I got to go in a different direction on a couple of these, and it's not even on purpose. But of course, you, know, you some, do. Sometimes you got to look at these odds, and especially the favorites, which I did pick. You know, a, a couple of the favorites in there, but a lot of these divisions, Vegas just didn't give you any juice on these odds. Like I'm so surprised you guys picking Toronto at plus 150. There's really just no money to be made there at all. So I had to go with Vancouver. Now, when I made this pick, they were plus 600. They've since moved up to plus 500. So maybe they saw me lay a little bit of cash <laughs> on this. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Vancouver and Calgary were tied for the third highest odds in the division, meaning the third lowest projected record. Vancouver's young core should improve this year. And I think their goaltending is actually going to be even better than the Markstrom-Demko combo. I like Demko and Holpe just as much, if not more, this year. I think Vancouver is definitely a team to watch. Quinn Hughes, he's probably going to get a lot better, and he was fantastic last year. Elias Pettersson, one of my favorite players in the league. So I think Vancouver is certainly a team to watch in that North Division. Over to the West, I mean, Colorado, how do you not pick Colorado here? I said I had to pick a couple favorites in there, and I mean, St. Louis, the odds look pretty nice at plus 500 or plus 400, depending on where you're looking. They were the best team in the league for large stretches of last season, so if you're just looking for the best bet for your money, it's probably St. Louis, but for the team I think is going to win this division— I mean, you guys have spelled it out. Colorado looks like an absolute powerhouse. Not since they had, you know, a hundred and something million dollars in the cap with Forsberg and Sackick and Patrick Waugh and Ray Bork back there. Have they looked this good? So I think Colorado is going to be absolutely amazing this year. In the Central, I don't want to dump on this division too much, but t- Tampa is going to run away with this division, man. I don't care if Kucherov is out for the year. It doesn't matter at all. They got Steven Stamkos back. To me, that's pretty much a wash. I mean, I know Kucherov at this point in his career is probably more talented than Stamkos, but just the leadership that Stammer brings to that lineup, He's certainly a better defensive player than Kucherov is. I think that'll pretty much even out, and they'll be just as good as they were in last year's regular season. I think if you're betting on any other team but Tampa to win the Central, you're basically flushing your money down the toilet. So I know a lot of people won't want to bet on odds this low. Maybe just stay away if you don't like Tampa Bay, but man, you're going to be seriously disappointed if you're betting anyone other than the Lightning. And finally, the East. I'm the only guy to pick this team. I'm, I really like this pick. 
I think Pittsburgh at plus 450 has by far the best juice in the division. Jari has the crease. There's no questions over which guy is going to start. Going back and forth, I think a lot of times when a goalie has to sit out two, three, four games and then come in and play three or four in a row, he can kind of get out of rhythm. I think Jari is going to surprise a lot of people playing 75% of their games this year. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin only need to make it through 56 games, okay? They've struggled a little bit to stay on the ice over the last few seasons. It seems like one of those two has been out for large stretches, but I think this year they might be able to stay healthy. Getting Jake Gensel back, as I mentioned, is huge. And I just want to mention the Boston Bruins odds being the runaway favorite in the division. What is going on there? Chara is out. Rask has to be the biggest question mark of a starting goalie in the league after the way last year ended and Pasternak out until mid-February at least. I hate those Boston odds. So the East Division is probably the best one to pick an underdog and I'm sticking with Pittsburgh. Well, David, let me just go and flush some money down the toilet real quick because when I'm (laughs) looking at the Central Division, I do not have the Tampa Bay Lightning circled. And like you said, I had to take some odds into consideration. And at plus 650, I have the Nashville Predators. I don't know why they're being disrespected so much. I really don't see the hate that Steele was throwing at the beginning of the episode either. They're a team that was in the Stanley Cup playoffs and a perennial contender for so long. And their lineup really hasn't changed that much. I think I saw an absurd photo of minute distribution between the national predators where just about every single player on the roster was playing around 12 minutes. That's not how you win hockey games. If they can figure it out and redistribute those minutes still, like you said, a player like Philip Forsberg who has so much talent and so much potential is getting the same minutes as Colton Sissons, then there's a problem. And I think that that is a big problem with the national predators, but coaching decisions like that, if you're not finding the success, they don't last very long. And you've seen it with teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs where even Mike Babcock isn't safe. So if the Nashville Predators struggle, I still think that they have the talent on their roster and guys like Matt Duchesne who have something to prove. And even look in the net and you have UC Saros that's trying to steal the net from Pecorine. There's a lot of players on this team that are going out there and trying to do something. And I think the Nashville Predators at plus 650 could be a great bet for a future winner. Yes, sir. I just want to jump in here and, you know, debate with you and Crosby about your central picks here. Crosby, you saying that you're just washing your money down the drain or throwing your money in the garbage right now with if you're not going to pick the Tampa Bay Lightnings, that is total BS. I'm sorry to say it, but the Carolina Hurricanes at plus 600 are probably the best odds that you can have in any division right here. The Carolina Hurricanes, especially with Nikita Kudrov being out and everything having – Everything having to go through Victor Hedman on the power play, and as well, Braden Point, don't forget about him. But even though Steven Stamkos is back, he has had the injury bug for years now. You don't know what is going to happen with him. And over to Stefan with the Nashville Predators, I did a full list of who I, uh, what team I think is going to finish where in each division. I have the Nashville Predators in that fourth position, fourth position just just finishing above the Dallas Stars, squeaking into the playoff picture. I don't think the Dallas Stars are actually going to make it into the playoffs this year, which is kind of surprising. Um, but I just think with the Carolina Hurricanes being at plus 600, the defense that they have, the young core up front with Sveshnikov, Aho, uh, as well as, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, a top top young winger for the Carolina Hurricanes. Tara Bynum, Steele. Tara Bynum, thank you, Tara Bynum. That young core right there, the power play, their defense, 
Peter Mrazek is not a goalie to be slept on. Those odds right there, and with everything that you guys just added with the National Predators and Tampa Bay Lightning, I think those are the best odds in any division. Oh, sorry, I was sleeping on Peter Mrazek there. So I, I, sorry to wake up there and startle anybody, but I don't know, Steele. Carolina's odds have gotten way worse. They're now at plus 350 to win the Central. So to me, that's even flushing more money around. At plus 600, you're probably right. That would have been pretty decent odds. But if if I was crazy enough not to pick Tampa Bay, I actually think Columbus at plus 750 or even the Florida Panthers at plus 800 are better bets for your money because can Sergei Bobrovsky have a worse season than he had last year? It's probably not even possible. So we all know what their offense can do. If they can stop a few more goals, I think Florida should move up. But I don't think you can bet anyone but Tampa Bay. I don't care if Kucherov is out. That is still by far the most talented team. But if you're picking over-under wins, I'm taking the Nashville Predators way under. I'm taking the Dallas Stars under, and I'm taking Columbus and Florida over. That's all I got to say about that. Well, uh, I just want to say you mentioned if you want to be crazy and really look at some odds. Well, for the East Division, obviously, you know that my love with Philadelphia is right there with plus 300. But guys, Buffalo made some moves and they're plus 1200 to win the division. I'm not thinking that Buffalo is great. But listen, there's a couple things that go into play here. One, they're finally out of the Atlantic Division. And I know that that division is not always the best, but the last couple of years, those top three teams of Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto have been miserable to play against. And the Buffalo Sabres have been getting bullied repeatedly and repeatedly. You have your best player come out numerous times saying he does not want to lose anymore, basically saying, smarten up or get me out of here. And what they did this offseason was they tried to smarten up a little bit. They got him a winger who's, like I mentioned earlier on, the best player that Jack Eichel has ever played with. And in doing so, gave Taylor Hall the best player that he's ever played with. They've made some moves. And look, they spent draft capital on the defensive end. Rasmus Dahlin was supposed to be one of the best young defensive prospects to be drafted. And his projection was through the roof. But again, you stop hearing about it because of the dumpster fire that is the Buffalo Sabres. But if things start to click, and hey, in a shortened season where COVID's run rampant and things are going crazy, we've seen weirder things. The Cleveland Browns just made the playoffs in the NFL. Who knows what can happen in the NHL season? Why not something absolutely insane like, hey, Linus Allmark finally figures out how to play in the NHL and the goaltending situation figures itself out. And hey, they might be actually competitive. But like I said, that is a long shot. I do like the Philadelphia Flyers, but I just wanted to sprinkle that in. If you're feeling risky, if you want to roll the dice, the Buffalo Sabres odds are quite juicy. <laughs> I got to say, I, I got to throw another crazy thing out. I'm not normally a proponent of flushing your money away, but if you're going to do it, the Ottawa Senators are plus 10,000 to win the North <laughs> Division right now, okay? The, Vegas thinks that the Detroit Red Wings who I don't think improved at all over the offseason, have four times better odds of winning their division than the Ottawa Senators do. And I think if you look at the moves that Ottawa made, not only in goal, not only with adding a guy like Dadnob, but the young players that they've brought in, the depth, who knows? Maybe the other six teams have terrible COVID luck and they have guys out every week. And in a short 56-game season, anything can happen. All I want to say is, it's probably not going to happen for the Ottawa Senators, okay? But if you have $10 floating around somewhere and you want to potentially make 
a thousand bucks, maybe just throw that ten dollars on there because I, I don't know. I I don't rarely ever see any odds at plus ten thousand on anything. Like this is crazy to me. Cross, that was one that jumped out at me, and I was really curious if Vegas could just give me the odds that they don't come in last. I would take that because I honestly <laughs> think that Ottawa did make improvements. Their goaltending situation is way better with Matt Murray. They've made moves to make their team better. And like you said, I did not understand how the Detroit Red Wings had significantly better odds than the Ottawa Senators. So I was hoping that, hey, if, if you're listening, Vegas, if you want to give me some nice odds on for them to not come in last, I'll take those any day of the week. Speaking of Vegas, the only one that was different, obviously I went Toronto in the North, but with the West division, I did take those Vegas Golden Knights at plus 185. I think that they're a team that really, they're always going to be competitive. They have that grit. They have that size. You've seen it with teams like Washington and Boston where year in and year out, they're miserable to play against. And they're in a division where not really much has changed for them. You're not going to want to have to go and compete against tough guys. And Hey, they added Alex Petrangelo, who's not a small guy either, who's not afraid to throw his body around. He just won a Stanley Cup not too long ago, and he's going to bring all of that leadership plus that physicality and mentality that they already have there to a great blue line and a well-established forward unit. So with that being said, though, guys, that's about it for our future predictions. We're not going to have to look as far in the future for this. We're going to finish the show with our 2021 gambling season kickoff. Who are we taking on opening night? Steel, let's start with you. Well, I've got the Philadelphia Flyers circled over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Rivalry on opening night, season opener in the NHL. Of course, like we've talked about, Carter Hart and how special he is. The Philadelphia Flyers can finally rely on a goaltender to boost up their organization when the when the roster is or when the team isn't playing to their best ability. But an opening night with that rivalry and the adjustments that the Flyers have made in the offseason, I've got them at minus 120. I don't exactly love the picks deal, but, you know, you're sticking with your guys. So why not? No matter what, that's going to be an awesome game. So I'm definitely going to sprinkle a little bit of something on there. And before I give away my pick, I just want to say that all five of the teams that are road teams this year to open the season are underdogs. OK, and without any fans or barely any fans, there might be a few in a couple buildings. Teams are not going to have the home ice advantage that they've had in other years. In the NBA so far, early in this season, they're pretty close to 500 home and away records. There is no home field advantage. We've seen it in the NFL all season long. Home field doesn't necessarily mean as much. So if you like a team on the road, a road dog, which I like the Pittsburgh Penguins, I like the Vancouver Canucks, even though I love the Colorado Avalanche, I kind of like the St. Louis Blues, too. That's not bad value on the road. So in this first couple of weeks, until these odds adjust, I suggest going with some road underdogs because I don't think there's going to be nearly the home ice advantage that there's been in years past. But my best bet of opening night is a home team, and it's the best team in the league against one of the three worst teams in the league. And that is the Tampa Bay puck line at plus 110 they're going to cover this with ease. I think I've already told you how bad Chicago's lineup is looking and how good Tampa's is. That's all you need to know. Place this one with confidence. Crosby, uh, great minds think alike, my friend, because that's the, it's exactly what I was going for to Tampa with the puck line. I mean, you said it with, with Chicago, maybe no Jonathan Taves. Obviously, they don't know when he could be back. All the best to him. No Kirby Doc. 
less depth for Chicago, even Tampa. We've said it all episode, even though they don't have Kucherov, I think uh, they'll easily uh, be able to cover the spread in this one and uh, pick up the win. Well, guys, I hate to be that guy that's going to be contrarian. Actually, I love it. So for that reason and that reason alone, I am taking the Oilers puck line to cover one and a half plus 245 on opening night. And you want to know why I'm so confident? Because ever since Edmonton drafted that Mr. Connor McDavid, they are three and two on opening nights. And in those five games, he has nine points. He will not be stopped against the Vancouver Canucks. He's going to cover the one and a half spread by himself. Lock it in. I'm banking on it. You should bank on it. And with that being said, that is all we have for the first episode of the Breakout Fantasy Hockey and Gambling Podcast. Once again, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Breakout Hockey underscore pod. Once again, that's Breakout HKY underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're having live episodes every Friday and Sunday. Don't miss them. We'll talk then.